You've reached the Geek Elite. Good luck. Hey, Mitch! On tonight's episode of Hey Mitch, I have with me creator writer Logan Schwanke, and uh, <laughs> I said, did I say it right this time? Yep. Okay. Good. Uh, I, thank you. Thank you for coming on. I, I came across your project on Kickstarter. Um, you had a, a very interesting premise for a comic book. I thought two brothers, uh, and and the subject of maybe mental illness in there also. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. Well, obviously, I I will take this moment and say thank you so much for having me on. It is just awesome to talk my book about my book. But yeah, it is. It's diving heavily into what happens if a superhero who everybody thinks is like manly and tough and all that actually struggles behind the scenes with depression and anxiety and hides it from the world, essentially. So yeah. And and why was it that the, this this is the particular story you wanted to tell? Um, so it, I base this main character a lot off of myself. So throughout growing up, I just always had these thoughts of, well, if I could explain to people how I see it, it's like this empty room. It's this emptiness, like this empty room. I just feel like it's only me and all that. So it's one of those things like I really enjoy superheroes and I've always had this thought and it's like, well, what happens if we mesh the two? What happens if we mesh them together and see what they do? That's kind of why I wanted to tell this story. It's like, I really enjoy superheroes. I really want to get into it. I've always liked writing. And then it was like, well, I need that twist. And it's like, this has always just been a thought in my head of like, okay, so how do we make a good impact out of telling a great story? So. Okay. So, yeah. Uh, you have posted a few uh, preview pages up on uh, mm-hmm. your Kickstarter so far. Uh, yep. what, why don't you go ahead and tell people what the story is about? So this first uh, issue is, um, so the first, basic way for me to explain it is the first couple of pages is that we've shown previews of is actually of our villain and. it's our villain as he's like awakening from his powers. And then he is, it's that same Tony Stark trope of, he always creates his own villains. We meet the, uh, our villain at the beginning of the book when he's trying to rob a gas station and essentially we create our own villain. Mm -hmm. So, um, Lucas and Cole, they're the main characters they they save the day at the gas station but i need <laughs> um but doing so they cause powers to manifest in the villain which winds up launching the entire story it's basically their hero origin story so 
they don't really show their powers. They don't really show their powers, but then they're thrust in the limelight of showing them where they have to save this gas station. A series of events takes place where the government was monitoring magnetic poles and all that and noticed irregularities in the area. So they were already there looking. And then, yeah, they obviously have inside people. So, <laughs> <laughs> so w- yeah. w- did you, do you have a certain comic book writers that you uh, have used for inspiration? Did you, well, who were, who was it that you liked reading? Um, so that's actually the interesting thing is I, the reason I'm interested in comic books and all that isn't necessarily because I grew up reading them. Okay. I, I grew up watching the MCU and like from the first Spider-Man movies of Tobey Maguire all the way through to now is that's what's kind of going through my head is it's these movies. Like I'm seeing a movie play out and now I need to dive into comic books to explain how I can put it to pages. So it's really been like my inspiration has come from movies more so than it has comic books because I don't, it's the weirdest thing is I really don't read, but I got to get the story out there. (laughs) (laughs) That's that's completely understandable. When was the, mm -hmm. when was it that it hit you that you, you had a story in you that you wanted to get out? (laughs) How, How long ago was that? So I have been working on this for two and a half years now. So it was, yeah, two and a half years ago, riding home with my brother and we're just riffing about what would be an absolutely ridiculous superhero. I'm in the back of my head. I'm going, I have this idea for two legitimate ones. And it's like, I got to do it. I got to do it. It's like, it, it, it was a culmination of, we were having so much fun thinking of, fun superheroes and then seeing the success of the MCU and how that's kind of revitalized Marvel and being, okay, there's actually like a real career pathway here where I can take it on this field. And then putting that thought behind, okay, I'm really going to need to dedicate myself to it. So I've been, it took me a year and a half to write the first volume script But that was like, okay, do I really want to pursue it? Do I really not want to pursue it? But I've reached a point where it's like, I got to to sell out. I have something. The story I have is something. So it's been a solid two and a half years. (laughs) Very cool. Like, what are are the superpowers of your brothers? So they have the same superpowers. I'm going to hold off on how they got them. Okay. That's that's way later on. Um, But they have super strength and... They can manipulate polarities, so it's not like Magneto, but it is similar to Magneto. So they can make a pole stronger or weaker, but they can't do the full Magneto, like, hold the gun up in place for a long period of time and, like, completely control it, everything it does. But they can, like, lift stuff up. It'll levitate, but it's going to be shaking a lot. So in Cole's case, he'll levitate it. It'll be shaking a lot. But for Lucas, they focus on two things. Cole focuses on control. So it's almost like a dial. Mm-hmm. So it's a smooth dial where it's like you can go from one to a hundred, each incremental one. And then for Lucas, it's one or zero, 25, 50, 75, a hundred oh. in that sense, where it's almost like a clicking dial. So... <laughs> yeah, that's their powers. Lucas focuses more on 
power and Cole focuses more on control of it. And, yeah. And how, like, how, how long did it take you to develop these type of characters? Like, was it, was this the first thing you came <laughs> up with their, their, their individuality? Yeah. So it, the two characters are based off of me and my brother. Right. Mm-hmm. So I had like, okay, so what would our powers be? And that's kind of where we were just riffing off of like, Oh, I'd really like to be able to do this. And I was like, I get, <laughs> I get these fantasies of when I'm going down the road of like just slowing all the other cars down and moving them to the side. And I'm like, what type of power would be able to do that? <laughs> it's like, well, this could like apply their brakes for them. So that's kind of where it came from. It was, I developed the powers first and then I'm, building the story around that around these characters and what the world is going to look like. If I get a really cool thought, I write it down so that I can learn or I can think of how to tie it into the overall arching arcing story. So yeah. (laughs) Okay. Very cool. Started with the, started with the brothers. So, (laughs) so from there on out, like uh, what was the next thing you decided to develop in your story after after Uh, you, you figured out what the brothers were? I would say the next thing I started to develop is like how they came to. So I always enjoy those little like, all right, so they don't want to work with the government, but they don't want to, um, they don't want to fight the government, but they don't want to work with them mm-hmm. like kind of tale. So it was like kind of building there. Okay. So how do I lace this storyline with this storyline? So I was like looking at it and I was like, what can I all fit into the first volume? How does this all make sense? So I had, um, I, I knew I wanted to base something in my hometown and to base something in my hometown, I got to do it early. Cause it's like, okay, this is just them starting off. Here's all this. So it kind of built this premise. Okay. How do we get from this ending scene? How do we get there? So I started almost developing my end. Because growing up, I did improv a lot. And in improv, you're told, find your starting point, find your ending point. Everything in the middle will come to you. Mm-hmm. So it's like I had my two brothers. I had my starting point. Now I needed to figure out how my ending point was or what it was and how do we get a story throughout there. So I developed my ending first. So so you were you were talking you in the Kickstarter, you talked about how uh, the, the money being raised there would be to help pay for your artist. Like how, what was that process like to find your artist? Um, a long one. Um, so for the longest times we had an artist, but just came down to differences, issues, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. different style issues and just understanding of it. But so I was with them for probably eight, nine months, but nothing really got done to find this artist. It took a week after that. Oh, wow. Yeah. So it was a long process, but I was always throughout those two and a half years trying to find one because thinking it would be a lot easier to write it. But I got to the point where it's like, okay, I just need to have the entire volume done. So once I found the, or got the entire volume done, it was pretty simple. Took a couple of weeks, but then yeah, there was eight months pretty much we had to throw everything out and then yeah only a week later and now i think we're making really great progress so and what's the name of the artist uh enzo de lo rio i i'm not sure about his last name um it's bad boy rad lad on twitter he is absolutely awesome 
<laughs> I am beyond stoked to be working with him. Very cool. In all honesty, so. <laughs> so you said the first volume, you, you have it written down. Is, is that mm-hmm. just one book or are we talking about uh, a few issues? What, how long is the run? So uh, what I'm thinking for this one is, is if it comes up money-wise, we're going to do a few issues where if, it, if we just need to do it to produce money to continue to help Enzo create it, then that's what we're going to do. I could split it up into like three or four issues, but how I want to do it is we're going to do this first issue within that like panel mark of like writing it out. We actually come up on a perfect point where it's like, it cuts it off the cuts off the story. You have a lot of major players introduced. You you can kind of see how their paths are going to converge and dissect and all that at that point. So I got that for the first issue. And then I want to do the full volume after that, but if it doesn't work out that way, we'll probably do a couple more issues. So, Are, is there anything that you've written that is uh, to say just for you? Like, you know, it's something that's <laughs> never going to end up in the book anywhere. You just, it's part of the story that you know and you keep to yourself. Um, in what regards do you mean? Say essentially like backstory to certain characters that, you know, maybe may never show up anywhere, but you, you keep it to yourself so that you can keep writing that, that character that way. Um, doesn't have to be, I'm just wondering. (laughs) I, I know there's a lot of stuff and that's the issue is with writing from the end first is my brain has gone. What about this ending? What about this ending? So I have like 13 volumes of what we're planning on doing. Mm hmm. Uh, thought out and thought through so it's like there's an interesting I don't really ever outright say it but Lucas is driven by being a father like Mm. he's not a father but he wants to be and that drives him in a lot of his actions I will say as like the volumes go on and the most recent scene that I thought about that we're going to put yeah 15th volume down the line like, obviously, I'm thinking too far ahead, but my brain just constantly goes on it. But the third volume, there's a scene where it goes, okay, how powerful is he really? Um, <laughs> like, I always have those moments where how powerful is he really? And the only real true time that we'll be able to see how powerful he is is when he's protecting a child. Okay. That's yeah. The, <laughs> I dig that. I dig that a lot. <laughs> mm-hmm. When you're when you're sitting down to write, like, what what is it? What is the environment around you? Do you need do you need white noise? Do you need complete silence? Do you need candles burning? Um, I would say a little bit of white noise. I so the weirdest thing for me is I think better when music's playing, but when it comes to writing, it it totally clogs me up. So I did a lot of writing of this on my breaks on this very computer. At my job, I would sit out on the floor. I work in the shipping department, so you got um, pneumatic guns going off in the background and all that. So I got just all this machinery going on around me. And it kind of does help me get into the mood for Lucas and Cole, because Mm -hmm. that's where we start off is they're working in a machine shop. They're working on an assembly line. So that just kind of that white noise. And yeah, it was all done fluorescent light above my head five feet 
sitting at a desk at work, <laughs> just going, I really don't want to be here, but this is something I got to do. So <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe even, uh, spurred you on to be like, I just need to get out of here and I need this to, to mm-hmm. hit. Right. <laughs> yeah. So a lot of it is, is just, I am, uh, when I'm moving, I think better. So I don't know if it's like picking up, like you can see my hands sometimes flash through, but when I'm moving, my brain just does work better. So that also falls into that realm of while I'm picking orders, my brain's going in the background about the story. So it's like, okay, I know I got to fill this plot line. Okay. How does this work? And then when I would hit my break, all of a sudden it'd be boom. I can write out five, 10 panels in that 30 minutes because I thought of everything everything just flows so easily versus it's hard for me to do it on the weekend when it's like, I'm just, I'm just home. It's, you, you know, you got the TV on stuff like that. It's like, it, it just helps to move. And that was an environment that helped me move. So it helped. Right. So <laughs> now I understand that you said, uh, music helps you think, uh, but not so much when you're writing, would you say there is a certain type of soundtrack that would go along with, the? Uh, polarized <laughs> everything that is like really loud and proud so i wouldn't oh not necessarily proud but so i know um god i got a spotify playlist that i play and it really gets my head in like the part of that like seeing it as a movie is mm-hmm. i will see like trailers of it but so face in the dark is one um shell shocked another uh crushing snakes is one that's on there it's all these just like they're loud bassy songs that they have a lot of like heavy beats like all of a sudden your brain just flashes to another scene that sort of stuff so there's a lot of that in there (laughs) so (laughs) it helps with the action scenes a lot (laughs) (laughs) so then since you identify more with the movies did you have any type of casting in mind like did when you were writing these characters did you did you see anybody playing the roles you don't have to i'm just wondering see that was the thing when i was creating the characters and with how their powers work i was sitting there going the only people that could play this realistically like if we did it live action would be wwe superstars who are all like super tall, super muscly, all that, because that's just how the powers work. Right. So not really, because it was like, I didn't have that face that identified with it. Like, cause Lucas and Cole are so closely attached to me and my brother. That's who I was seeing in those scenes. Of course it was, it was, I was seeing it from my eyes. So I got to think about, okay, so where is Lucas actually? So, (laughs) (laughs) So, is what's the what's the the MCU movie that you enjoy the most at this point? Um, at this point, the one I'm going back to the most, and it, it does have to deal with the shows that are coming out right now, is Age of Ultron, and, and it's a weird one to say I'm going back to a lot, but it's one that I'm sitting there going, "There's something in there. There's something in there that we missed somewhere." It's like my brain is just going, there's something one step further in Age of Ultron that need to work out. Like, obviously, it'd be easy to say Endgame because that was the one where I was like, okay, I saw it opening night and then I saw it the next opening night. (laughs) (laughs) But 
right now it's I'm hooked on Age of Ultron, Winter Soldier, those movies right in there and that phase of the MCU. So I mean yeah. it's it's it, it's turned out to be quite the the wellspring of, of uh ideas for what we're doing. Like uh def- definitely in game and uh mm-hmm. Uh, WandaVision went back to it, so uh, yeah, I, I'm, in, I'm I'm sure you're enjoying that rewatch. Oh yeah, <laughs> few three times already, but yeah. <laughs> Tell me about some of the supporting characters in your uh, in your book. So, the one that we've seen so far, um, I got another page, which is another one. But so Deidre, I wouldn't lit. He's an antagonist. Mm-hmm. All right, I'm putting in that quotation marks. He's an antagonist. He's an antagonist because of his surrounding, but he is kind of a supporting character by the end of it. So he's, he's a character that I had a lot of fun creating because it's, you have obviously the pre-built character that's based off of me and my brother, but then Deidre was an open slate. Okay. So what's his backstory? What, what, what did he go through in life? So it's, he's a, this is all going to be covered in like the first 150 panels. So he's a foster kid. Okay. So what happened to him? Well, he's been bouncing from house to house. He wind up in the wrong crowd. So he's really just kind of that society's lost sheep that got lost and nobody ever turned back around for. So it's been a lot of fun developing that character and how he reacts to certain situations. And then, uh, Victor is another one that has been really fun. So Victor is, uh, he's an agent that's related to, I'm not 100% sure what organization it is right now. It might be Homeland Security, might be CIA, whatever. But it's a secret underground uh, government agency that has been looking into this anomaly stuff, right? So Victor is like the top of the top. Um, based him off of a combination of Chadwick Boseman and Michael B. Jordan. So seeing those two characters and how they came to life, it's like, okay, we got to get something like that in there. Mm-hmm. He's a strong, he, his name is who he is. He is a victor of life. He's a champion of life. He, he has made, well, I wouldn't say he has, he has championed his life and uh, <laughs> he he stands at literally the top. He's the top agent of everything. He's the one that'll handle like the training of Lucas and Cole because they're raw. They're, they're super strength. It's like, why does Superman need to learn how to fight? So we're actually going to train them how to fight through Victor. So it, it's going to be fun. <sighs> Ethan is another supporting character. He's, he gets introduced at the end end of this first issue along with two other ones that I don't really want to talk about. That's fair, (laughs) but we don't want you to spoil anything. We want people to read the book. Yeah, obviously Ethan is another one. He is, he's there the way Ned would put it from Spider-Man. He's the guy in the chair. (laughs) (laughs) He's the one who's doing all the studying and it, uh, he's been a fun one to develop too. So he's based off a coworker of mine. Who's really cool. So, it's going to be a really cool character. I'm excited for that one too. So <laughs> let's talk, let's talk about research. Like how much research did you have to do uh, into creating a comic book? Cause it, I mean, it sounds like you weren't 
too much um, in the comic books, but like, how'd you decide on how many panels per page or how many pages mm, per book? Yeah. So that was a lot of looking it up. So the way I was originally going to do it, and this would have been a terrible idea is I was going to draw out like what the panel block looked like. And I was going to go page by page, but I was just going to write what was in that panel. <laughs> and I went, there has to be a better way. There has to be a better way. Oh my gosh. Cute dog. Um, <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> um, but so we went panel by panel and I was like, I got through the first page and there, it's like, there's no way because what I was going to do is I was going to do panel blocks, like draw them out and then number them one through whatever, and then go on to another sheet and go, okay, this what's, is what's going to happen. And I was like, there's some things I need to let the artist do because the artist is going to know how to draw that. So I started looking it up. What do scripts look like? And I, I found a thing because I am a bit on the controlling side. I will openly say that I am a bit on the controlling side. So I did go and there is like just base numbers without like all the additives in there. Like, Oh, we need to actually put this in there and this to make this make sense. It was 573 panels. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. <laughs> so literally every panel is numbered just through the research that I did. And once I figured out that method, it became a lot easier. But yeah, when it came down to the pages, it was like, okay, so I don't really want to go for a traditional graphic novel. I want to go more that comic book route. Okay, so what does a comic book have? It's like, well, graphic novels can tend to have upwards of eight. Comic books are right around in that five. And it's like, okay, this five number is going to be a lot better. I want there to be more detail in the artwork than so much. There's a lot of artwork. Like, there's no point in having um, eight panels per page if each panel is only going to be a face. There's going to be so much I want done in the background for some of the scenes where it's like, we need to have these bigger panels. So, okay, that, that, yeah. So, I mean, was was it was it difficult in making these decisions, or was it pretty much like this is the standard? So, this is what I'm going to do. Um, I followed the standard a lot. So, <laughs> but going through and making the page breaks, it's like, okay, so how do I want this to fit and all that? And it's like. There was a bit of like, okay, we'll do the standard, but it was also like, okay, this panel right here needs more attention. So we're going to take some off, like a panel or two off of this page. So this panel can have more attention. So it was a bit of like, okay, we'll do the traditional, but then we'll also make sure the panels that get attention need it. Mm -hmm. So, and then deciding to go with Kickstarter, what, what, what made you to decide Kickstarter over Indiegogo or Patreon or uh, any other type of. <laughs> crowdsourcing app um just it's mainly the exposure so the reason i found like indiegogo was because i was looking up alternatives for kickstarter it's like i didn't know of indiegogo until a year ago mm -hmm. maybe at most but by that point it was like i was so used to like kickstarter and how they ran stuff it was like okay we should go that route and then in terms of Patreon, it's like, I'm just having a hard time translating how, like what content I would put into a Patreon per month. So mm -hmm. I was like, this Kickstarter probably is going to be a better option. So have, had, you yeah. done, had you done Kickstarters before? 
Um, we did one, but that was two years ago. No artist, maybe a hundred panels into the book, so it really did not get off the ground. So That's this fair. one has done a lot better. I'm excited that it's done better, but it is what it is. If it doesn't reach it, I'm I know there are a lot of different ways that we'll be able to raise money for the project. So Okay. Yeah. So yeah. Uh what what is the, the end date of the Kickstarter campaign? Um, the end gate is 4,000. Uh, no, the end date. Sorry. Oh, end date. Um, I think March three, I think I'm not a hundred percent sure. Oh, you mean April 3rd, April 3rd. Yes. Oh yes. We're nearing the end of March. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So April 3rd, $3,000. Is that what you said? $4,000. $4,000. Okay. $4,000. Yep. Uh, and we can get polarized paid for. So that's, that's pretty awesome. Like, yeah. what, what was the, the biggest surprise in making this book uh, that, that you came across? What's the thing that you weren't expecting to happen? Um, just the community that I've like stumbled upon. So I was like, yeah, everybody knows of DC, of the DC comics, MCU, Marvel comics, all of that. But then I started, and really, this was a surprise to me. It's like, there are so many indie comics out there. So many. And, like, getting involved with the community and, like, as we, or as, like, how helpful some people can be. It's like, obviously, you found me through Kickstarter. It's like, oh, this is a really cool premise. (laughs) So, like, that is, like, and then, so, I also, when I launched this Kickstarter, another guy out of it, like, didn't have to went and shared on his Twitter, just my Kickstarter, just cause I was like, Hey, just any help sort of helps with this Kickstarter. So a lot of it has been surprising <laughs> with how supportive the community is of indie comics, like this tight knit group of indie creators trying to do something. All so right. good. Uh, yeah. I mean, everybody loves to have <laughs> a, a community around them. Mm-hmm. Uh, what is it that you particularly like to geek out about? So, you know, when you have your free time, whenever it is you're not creating or working or, you know, doing anything, you sit down. With, <laughs> what's that thing that you, uh, that, that you geek out about that maybe, every, you know, anybody might not suspect? Um, for me, it's, and this is really hard because I'm getting to the point where it's like I really don't have free time. Yeah. But I geek out a lot about, uh, video games so it's like obviously like video games for me is like people see me and go yeah actually that kind of makes sense but it's like I don't play like the Doom type Call of Duty stuff I got off of that and it's just like it doesn't appeal to me I play a lot more of the Minecraft and what has what I found is like I'm actually a builder in Minecraft and it's like it, it doesn't make sense to me but it's like I'm building this stuff in Minecraft and geeking out over it and it's like that it, it's surprising to even me that I can do this stuff. So <laughs> like for people to be like, wait, you're a builder in Minecraft. And I'm like, yeah. And I draw stick figures, <laughs> <laughs> but yet, you know, this barn I built was really cool. <laughs> <laughs> so, so is there another game that's coming out anytime soon that you're looking forward to? <sighs> Not really. I'm, 
like that's how ingrained I am. Like, so I, I say I'm geeking out because, like over Minecraft and it's like, it's really only that because uh-huh. the game that I want doesn't exist. It's like, I want this world. That's kind of like a cross between GTA, um, Civ five, just like a mashup of all these games where you have an open free economy in it. You can choose to like either work a real job, go on a life of crime and that that game to me, I haven't found it yet. So mm. I haven't found it yet. It's like, and in Minecraft, it's like you could find a community and almost have that. Mm-hmm. That's what the appeal is. It's like you can create it. So, <laughs> well, I, I hope I hope you you get it. I hope it, it's a game that happens, and and yeah. it sounds like you're finding at least part of that in, in Minecraft. Mm-hmm. So, I have to imagine that. Uh, writing comic books wasn't your only form of writing. You, do you have other things that you write? Um, so for a while there, and yeah, it was kind of around the holiday or Halloween time. I really got into writing horror and scripts. So I have a few like short horror stories that I've had posted up on like vocal. It's a blogging site. Mm-hmm. And I've also me and another friend have started like kind of working on a script for a horror movie plot. He also runs a, I'm not going to promote it here, but um, he also runs a movie podcast and he wants to branch off into all this other stuff. So oh, you're more than welcome we, to promote it. <laughs> yeah. Backlot 605. But he, yeah, he has all this, like he wants to get into movies and it's like, well, I really want to get right into writing. So writing a movie script is in a lot of ways, similar to a comic book script where you're writing out all the dialogue, you're writing out the scenes. So that we're also kind of working on a movie script for that. And we got to figure out all the details for like a, a short horror movie of sorts. So it's really weird. I go from superheroes and then it's like, okay, well we're going to write horror movies. But my friend even propositioned an idea and it's like, okay, maybe we could introduce some of those characters back into the stories. (laughs) (laughs) So that's also a really interesting idea right there. (laughs) So, so when, I mean, if, if it's writing your comic book or writing a a movie script, like what do you do when you come to a a, a writing block? Um, I move, you move, (laughs) I move. So, um, there are times where I hit that writing block and, I will go on two hour walks and I'll come back. And all of a sudden it's like, I know exactly what I'm doing because moving for me has been the biggest thing so far. When I had a lot of great time writing, like when I was coming home and writing at home, when I'm at work writing, it was always right after those really active periods where you're just constantly moving. You can kind of just let your brain go as you know what you're doing. Mm-hmm. So it's like I would go for these long two-hour walks, and it's like you always follow the same path so you don't have to think oh, my bad. <laughs> think right. too much about it. So I would always have that where it's like, okay, so <laughs> I remember when I figured out one um, scene, I, and this is kind of where like the playlist comes from, but there's one kind of like just set up and scene that I made because I was out walking and it's like, okay, so how does this work out? And then shell shock came on and then it started playing out in my head kind of as like that movie trailer set. 
it's like, oh my gosh, this is how we do it. Okay, so now we just got to fill in a couple of the blanks. So that really, really does help help me get through it. And what was the what was the thing that that helped you figure out how how best to write a uh, a script, uh, either being a movie script or a comic book script? Like, did you just look it up online? Did you did you research it in some books? Mm, I, I looked it up online. Google has been a big help. <laughs> and it's just like, okay, so what does a comic book script look like? And it pops up and you go, okay, I could do that. I could do that. <laughs> so yeah, that online has been a big help for me. I I grew up on technology. Technology has never let me down. So <laughs> <laughs> it will when it deletes a script, but <laughs> <laughs> I thought I saved it. I thought uh, I did. <laughs> what's the best piece of advice that you've gotten so far? Mm. If any. um probably it's your story okay so there's a lot of people that like they're like well why are you doing it this way it's like well because this is how it works into the story so the basic of it is when you tell people about stuff especially in the area of the country that i live in they like to put in their own thoughts about it so it's kind of like um I could be telling a friend like, okay, so here's how the powers work. Here's how all this works. And they go, well, why don't you do it like this? And it's like the best advice really that I've gotten is it's your story. You know, the entirety of it. These people don't know it. So when they start questioning, well, why don't you have it like this? Why don't you have it like this? You need to know your story. It's your story. So you know, the reason for it. they don't necessarily need to. So <laughs> that is good that is great advice it is your story you write it mm-hmm. the way that you want to tell it mm-hmm. uh so you know we're gonna get to get to my 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 last question the question that i, I told you beforehand mm-hmm. if you could have one useless superpower and it has to be completely useless what would that superpower be now for an example i always give out that I would be able to make my hair grow an extra inch instantly, but it's only an inch. So that doesn't really help you do anything. So it's useless. Well, unless we could grow it as a beard, um, <laughs> I'd be That's fine fair. with that. That's fair. Um, <laughs> for me, it'd probably be, I'm so used to thinking of the useful ones. I even made family guy logic as a superpower made it useful. (laughs) (laughs) Um, For me, it would probably be being able to pet any pet from any distance. Like being able to like, so when your dog walked in, being able to like somehow pet your dog through the screen and give your dog a pet. It's like (laughs) the dog doesn't think it's useless, but it is kind of useless. (laughs) You know what? That, I like that. I like that a yeah. lot. That's a, that's a good yep. power. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Remote petting. Yep. Uh, have you been using social media to promote your 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 comic book, your Kickstarter? Yep. So what I've been doing is I've been getting more active on Twitter. Mm-hmm. I found a lot of people have been really active on there. My artist is really active on there. Obviously, we got our Facebook page and Instagram page that we post art to. And then also what I'm doing is I'm actually starting a Twitch community. 
so I found that me writing it out, like what the book about isn't necessarily always my best option. What I found is when I'm able to have discussions about the book, that's really when people take an interest in it. That's really when people go, Oh, you, you actually have something here. And I think it's really weird how it's like talking, I can explain it and people can go, okay, that's actually really cool, but I can't write it down. So I started up a Twitch community and I'm using that. Like, like, as we said, like in the discussions for like, when we're going to do this, it's like, okay, I got, I got to stream these nights and being able to have that direct connection with people and explain the process. You already got people going, Oh yeah. When it comes out, I'm, I'm buying it because they just like the thought of it. So mm-hmm. I, I'm looking a lot into that Twitch. It's something that I grew up on. It's, I watch a lot of YouTube and stuff. And the biggest thing has always been um, the untapped market that you have for a lot of these big co- companies on Twitch and YouTube. So why not just be that? <laughs> so what just is, mesh the two. What, what, what are those uh, social medias? So... Instagram and Facebook are both at polarize 73 and then Twitter. It's at Logan Schwanky and Twitch. It's at Schwanky Kong. So Schwanky Kong. I like that. (laughs) (laughs) Oh yeah. (laughs) Fits pretty darn well. (laughs) Uh, Thank you once again for coming on. Uh, This is a great conversation and I, and, and polarize, like I said, looks uh, pretty great. So I, I yep. hope you're able to get the backers that you want. Yep. Yep. It, and honestly, it is, it is. Thank you so much for having me on. It's like, I just love talking about it. So the more I get to talk about it, the happier I am. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Uh, yep. if anybody would like to, uh, talk to me, you can find me on Twitter. I am at Mitchipedia GEM. GEM stands for Geek Elite Media. The rest of Geek Elite Media is at Geek Elite Media on Twitter, at Geek Elite Media on Instagram and Facebook.com forward slash Geek Elite Media is our Facebook page. Check out archived episodes of this podcast and other podcasts on our website, geeklymedia.com. But until next time, this is Hey Mitch on the Geekly Media Network saying always remember to geek out. Geek out. This concludes our broadcast. Peace.